Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast and welcome back for our week eight review. I'm Liam, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you doing after a uh, crazy, crazy week of NFL action? Yeah, it was, feels like the maddest week so far, to be honest. It feels quite a pivotal week for a lot of teams. Uh, I've been scouring the playoff picture this morning, as I do, and uh, yeah, it's a few gaps forming and uh, yeah, some, some big wins yesterday, some terrible losses, but uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Really, really interesting week all round. One, the one week of the season where we start an hour early in the UK, and I feel like we was really treated to that. So maybe people who don't stay up to watch the end of the second slate was uh, treated to some really fun games. <laughs> yeah, some of us were treated to fun games, others <laughs> not, but that's, that's separate. Any uh, immediate, uh, we haven't got it on the rundown, but any immediate uh, playoff picture things you want to mention now? Anything that's kind of... You looked at it today after maybe not looking at it for a couple of weeks and thought, oh, wow, I didn't realise that. Anything stands out to you? Well, yeah, I mean, what a shame. I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but what a shame about Cousins because the Vikings have had a terrible start and sat in the seventh seed. Yeah. Now that's so, so unfortunate. So you're looking behind that now and all of a sudden there's going to be two NFC South teams, most likely in the playoffs, unless the Rams can get it together. It's probably going to be two South teams in the playoffs, which is a joke, really, because that is a <laughs> terrible division. But it's just, unless the rookie for, for, for Minnesota can, I mean, he is 25 because he's from BYU, but um, unless he can pull something out in a, in a QB-friendly scheme, we'll see. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it does feel mad that we could see Falcons and Saints or Saints and Falcons or Saints and Bucks, whatever. And then the AFC, we could potentially have, I don't know, the Browns, the Bengals, the Titans, the Chargers, some maybe the Jets, Steelers, some form of those six teams, like four of them won't make it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because currently the AFC North is occupying three spots and maybe, controversially, maybe the best team after last night, is sat on the outside at the moment of the playoffs. So it's it's all going to change, but yeah, it's all kind of forming. Yeah, it is interesting. It's been a very good season so far. The AFC playoffs looks like they're going to be absolute cinema for NFL fans, especially if you are an NFC fan, because you're going to be able to watch every AFC playoff game and just love it, because it does look like... If you look at how... I know there's some teams that are in there that maybe aren't the best to watch right now, but if you look at the teams that are on the outside playing well, it does feel like the AFC playoffs could actually be really good. Everyone was a bit worried a couple of weeks ago about the AFC not being quite as good as we all thought, but um, it does feel like now that things are starting to form. But yeah, the yeah. NFC is actually worse. After three weeks, everyone was like, oh my God, the NFC is better than the AFC. And you look now, you're like, there's absolutely, there's no chance. I'm afraid it's not. <laughs> there's just no chance. But we will talk about those uh, those games. Um Let's do the weekly scores as well, because I haven't texted you about this, which normally should mean you know one thing that I won the week, because I wanted to do it live on the podcast rather than text you. <laughs> uh, so I won 9-7, to seven, even though you started well with the Bucks. Uh, yeah. I, had, I had the Dolphins, you had the Pats. I had the Titans, you had the Falcons. I had the Bengals, you had the 49ers. So <sighs> scores on the doors now, mate. 62-57 to 57 for the, the year. So it's a five-point gap. Yeah, both picked- I also had a bad change to you the curve, to the to the Cowboys, didn't I? Oh, did you change to the Cowboys from the Rams? I can't remember. No, no I didn't. Sorry, I, I did the other way round. I changed to the Rams. Yeah, yeah. 
you would have won that if you wouldn't have got it and stole a yeah, point. Yeah, so, yeah. Got, got a bet on those Cowboys, mate. You got a bet on those Cowboys. So, yeah, you're down five points. Plenty of time to go, but you need a big, big week uh, nine when we get to it later on in the uh, later on in the week. Uh, and the other breaking news is I bought a NFL Germany ticket today and I'm off to Frankfurt, so I'll be able to... Oh, report, exciting. I'll be able to report back live um, on the game, the atmosphere, because it's going to be quite cool, um, and how angry I get at no wide receivers being open for the Chiefs, but that is a separate separate issue. But yeah, it should be fun. If you, I'll be texting you from the stadium, just photos of Tyreek Hill, just like streaming down the field, and then <laughs> photos of Sky Moore just collapsing into a heap as he drops his third pass and just be like what am i doing uh but yeah it should be really really good there's loads of cool events on as well they've actually i know me and you've done nfl london quite a lot in our life and um just from booking this and chatting to a few people and organizing things there's loads of cool things they're doing in germany it does feel like maybe because it's a bit newer they've added another dimension how many kind of team and league events there are there's not just the one or two that london has there seems to be stuff going on throughout all the way from wednesday all the way to sunday so um yeah should be really good and it also it's the highest uh, winning percentage of two teams ever in an international game i found out today um so it's literally the best two teams to ever play international series so well, I mean, obviously you're a chiefs fan anyway so it's great to just see them but you've ended up seeing Whoever wins is going to be the number one seed coming into yeah. week 10 in the AFC. So, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Favourite game, isn't it? It is. Whoever wins is probably favourite for the MVP as well, by the way. Because um, you know if they win against the Chiefs, two is good. odds are going to shoot down, aren't they? Um, yeah, they are, yeah. But, but yeah, it should be good. Um, two elite uniform matchups as well, because you do... That is going to be quite cool, seeing the number of Chiefs and Dolphins jerseys. That's... A, that's a pretty good one. Uh, and we had some good uniforms this this week as well. Some of the throwback jerseys that some of the teams are wearing were uh, were 10 out of 10. But yeah. Um, cool. That's it for news. Let's get on to the good, the bad and surprising and the speed round. Um, let's end again with the speed round and I'll get you to give, you, give, give one comment on each game. Um, yeah. But I actually wanted to start with quite a funny, quite a funny good. Uh, after me and you <laughs> praising them all off season, and then things went bad to start, and we kind of jumped off the bandwagon, and now they're actually leading the NFC West. Uh, and my first good of the week is the Seattle Seahawks, mainly because they are winning the division uh, after a couple. I think it's three losses in a row now, isn't it, for the 49ers? But they do win. They are winning the division with a five and two record in the West. Me and you both love them in the in the preseason as well, and then after a bit of a dodgy start, <laughs> we started to backtrack a little bit. Um, but they had a good win yesterday, 24-20 against the Browns. Obviously, there was some uh, kind of calamities at the end there for Cleveland. But it's still a really good win with how badly they played in the first half. You know, Smith still threw two picks, but kind of walk around the ball really efficiently. Tyler Lockett played well. I thought the defense in the second half played much better for them. Zach Charbonnet had his best game as a Seahawk. And I guess I want to say a winner that just to win a game against this sort of defense is great for the Seahawks and for Geno. But more importantly, the fact they are winning the division at this point, I, I wanted to make them kind of a, a good and kind of a winner for the week. So, yeah, Seahawks were my uh, my first one, mate. Yeah, because you know what? We've been kind of bagging on them for the last couple of weeks. But I thought also in the red zone uh, they were good, especially in the first quarter. So, yeah, I mean, pulled it out. So it's a great win. This was a really, really interesting game, actually. I know, like, obviously, Cleveland kind of brain farted at the end, didn't they, with the, with the play call and the interception. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Rhea, I'm glad you, I'm glad you kind of led with this because the I mean the Niners, you know, 
dropping three in a row. Seahawks now on top of the division, and they've got two games against each other to come. You know, mm-hmm. if, if Seattle can split those games and kind of go off, oh, I don't know, mate. You know, you could be looking at the because the Niners simply don't look right at the moment. This this could be a team that's going to get a high seed in the NFC. They'll absolutely want to win the division. Everybody wants to win the division, but. Being at home in the playoffs in the NFC is going to be really, really vital because I think once you get in the playoffs in the NFC, you genuinely can make the Super Bowl, whoever you are. And I believe that, honestly, because maybe not the seventh seed is going to turn into be a bad team. Everybody else is going to be thinking, do you know what? We can make it to the Super Bowl and be getting it. It's not quite the same in the AFC, but uh, yeah, big win. Gino bounced back from his two interceptions as well in this game and played Played relatively well, didn't he, against a tough defence. So, yeah, great win. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, I'd say anyone in the NFC who isn't from the South region has a chance to make the Super Bowl. Uh, It's crazy how open that's going to be. And I would actually, speaking of this division, I would love it if the Rams could pull things together because I think their record doesn't reflect how, and they weren't good yesterday, but it doesn't reflect how good they've been because that would be quite nice, I think, to to get them in there in the mix and then one South team. And I think the rest, you could have quite a fun NFC playoffs there, but the Seahawks are, look right up for it. Um, I've been impressed with how good the run game is starting to look now as well. And the fact they did use Chardonnay a bit more this week just shows, I think they could start to lean on that double running back tandem a little bit more, which is fun. Um, and they've got a pretty cool game. We're going to end it actually the podcast by talking about next week's games quickly. Um, but they have got Ravens on the road next week, so that feels like a huge game. And from there, they go Commanders at home, Rams on the road, 49ers at home. So it does feel like by the end of November, you're going to know the Seahawks could be favourites to win the division, depending on how those games go, or they could be kind of second behind the 49ers. But yeah, we'll see. One thing that did surprise me, the 49ers are still 1-3 to three on to win the division, which I think they should maybe be favourites, even though they're not winning the division. But... I was surprised it was that much. Seahawks are five to two, mate. So it's pretty good value if there are people who listen to the pod that do fancy the Seahawks. That five to two is good because I do think they're playing better than the Forty Nineers across the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean you only have to do the eye test on the Forty Nineers to know that something is quite badly wrong on offense and defense, and it's not just injuries. I don't think I would say, especially on defense. So, uh, so yeah, Seahawks in there for a shout, yeah. Yeah, and they've actually got 49ers and Seahawks play each other twice in three games as well. There is a bye week chucked in there. Uh, Is there? Oh, no, there isn't a bye week chucked in there. Um, Yeah, so they are doing that annoying thing where they're doing two games in in three weeks. But the Seahawks end the season with Titans on the road, Steelers at home and Cardinals away. That's a really nice three games to end your schedule. So if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm planning my playoff game already. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not winning the division yet. I'm not buying a Seahawks division winner hat, but... I feel like they're going to be a playoff team if you look at how the uh, the NFC is going. Um, did you want to transition to that other team? Also, we spoke about the 49ers a lot there. Did you want to transition into your good that does relate to, to them? But yeah, it's happen. all LinkedIn, isn't it? So I thought this was the biggest win of the weekend. Definitely the Bengals beating the 49ers. Not just because of status. Obviously, you're going into on the road to the Niners and getting out there with a win is obviously massive. But just the way that the Bengals looked completely different than what they had this season. Obviously, kind of, they've just come off the bye. Yeah, they beat the Seahawks and the Cardinals in those two preceding weeks, but it didn't look right. The, the, the game against the Seahawks was actually quite messy, but 
this was a great performance yesterday. I thought they completely dominated the Niners' defence. I mean, the 400 yards they kind of put on them in the end, and that's kind of rare for the 49ers to give up 400 yards, especially at home. But, uh, yeah, I just thought Burrow just looked so much more mobile, so much more comfortable out there. I mean, he had, he had four incompletions, 28-32 for 2-8-3 and three touchdowns. Four incompletions, yeah, just ground game looked better as well. Mixon looked good. T. Higgins finally kind of, <laughs> obviously you've got Chase stretching the field, you've got kind of Boyd kind of does what he does sometimes over the middle, but T. Higgins really gets you the big catches that get you pivotal first downs. And I thought he was kind of back on that yesterday and everything pointing upwards for the Bengals in that. I mean, obviously they're sitting outside the playoffs at the moment. I'd give it a couple of weeks and I think they're kind of going to be up there, kind of fifth, sixth seed, and then we'll see what happens in the division. But yeah, I thought that was an exceptional performance yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I think it's really good timing as well for them with how their schedule looks. Um, I know the Eagles have a tough schedule, but Bengals have a really tough schedule as well. Um, so yeah, I do think that it's really, really good timing. And for me, from a Bengals perspective, the other thing is just look at some of the rush statistics and you just see it there. Joe Burrow, 6 for 43. Like he would not have been able to move enough to get 6 for 43 three weeks ago. So I just think even though they did play well, just seeing him move around more, even if they'd have lost this game, just him moving around more gives you such a good sign for the future because the offense is just a different level. Um, and I think their tackles play pretty well in the run game this week. And Joe Burrow being able to move meant that when they did give up pressures, which they do on the, in, in the past game quite a lot, he moved out of that pressure and was able to kind of release the ball or throw it away or get a few yards on the ground. So, yeah, his kind of health was really, really important. Um, and he had two snaps. One was nine seconds from snap to throw. The other was 6.8. And that's just him scrambling around. So for him to be able to do that is amazing because before this week, uh, he hadn't had anything over three seconds, 3.4 seconds. So, um yeah, he looked a lot healthier. Uh, and I agree with you, actually. Mixon surprised me. I, I don't think he's had a very good season. Um, but if they get five and a half yards to carry off Mixon throughout the rest of the season or in the playoffs, they'll be delighted with that because he's definitely lost a bit of juice in the last two seasons. But to get five and a half yards, that means that offensive line's doing enough and Mixon's hit some some holes. So, yeah, I think that's an important kind of position for them to be in. And the defense looks really good again. Um, flipping to the other side of the the other side of it, what did you make of the 49ers here, obviously? Brock Purdy, 365 yards, played six days after concussion, which is very rare. Uh, led the team in rushing yards, which I thought was hilarious, at 57 yards. What did you put this game down to? Because um, you've got someone who follows you, who's a friend of mine called Jack, and uh, he was telling me about how little pressure and sacks the defensive line has got in the last four weeks, which I didn't realise how bad it was, and it's not great at all. But I thought Purdy actually unravelled a little bit as well in this game, so I almost thought both sides of the ball struggled at times. Yeah, I... I... I've seen that. Obviously, I, have, I follow a lot of Niners um, fans, and Steve Wilkes is getting it, mate. In this last three weeks, uh, I've not heard of Pete. I actually didn't know he was the coordinator until they started losing games. <laughs> to be honest with you, and um, he's getting hammered. I mean, I think it boasts. I think I think he's on two and a half sacks for the season. They're just just not getting through. Eric Armstead yesterday, kind of. I mean, it looks good on the stat sheet to, to kind of two sacks, but, you know, neither of those guys are really, really kind of getting to the QB. And, they, yeah, it's just they look kind of weak on the back end and everything. And you know, I don't know, Fred Warner just wasn't right either yesterday. And, just, yeah, it's, it's on defence. I mean, that's 
very worrying for somebody that, because I honestly don't believe that you want to be getting into a shootout as the 49ers and having to put up 31 every week and getting Purdy dropping back and hoping he's going to kind of get you 31. Yeah, the stat line looks good on the on the yardage, but um, the interceptions were absolutely abysmal, to be honest. I mean, the, the one, I don't know what he was doing. I think it was Jermaine Pratt that picked him off. He was kind of next to him. I was like, why are you even throwing that ball? He's like <laughs> right, right there in front of you. But um, yeah, big yardage from Kittle yesterday and Ayuk. But uh, McCaffrey in the last uh, couple of weeks also was, and the people are kind of scheming it up a little bit better to not release him. So when he's not kind of t- ticking over, I mean, he's got two touchdowns yesterday, but his yardage was kind of under what you'd expect on the ground. And it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right without Trent Williams and. Um, Debo, I'm kind of less worried about. He'll come back and kind of slot in the offence. But you know, Trent Williams is really affecting it. Well, three losses in a row, mate, for a team that was being talked about like less than a month ago, going undefeated. You know how many posts I saw? And not just from fans, from like media as well, saying, you know, this is, could be the next undefeated team. Kind of dropping three in a row. Vikings, Browns and now Bengals. Yeah, it's not looking good. No, it's not. Yeah, people say they're like the do- like the most dominant team ever, but yeah, it just shows you the NFL. A lot changed in the NFL, and it's why a lot of the times the teams that make the Super Bowl or the AFC NFC title games are the healthiest teams around the playoff time because a few injuries, and you can see how different the 49ers look. Um, and we'll see how they look over the next few weeks. I would say Brock Purdy is definitely starting to unravel a little bit in some of these games. Even though I'm not going to say he was the reason they're losing all of them, but. He's definitely starting to unravel. I think the Vikings game is an argument that he lost in the game. Um, and yesterday there was two drives in a row where it just, yeah, it just wasn't good. But we'll see. They got Jaguars on the road next week, so not a easy game. Oh, was that the week after? They got a bye week. Sorry. Yeah, they got. I think the health of the 49ers, It's a the bye is a great time for the fans. Yeah, I think this is going to be a long two weeks before they play again, judging by my timeline today. So. Uh, <laughs> We'll yeah, they are fuming, but you're rubbing your hands together because you are buying flights to Philadelphia for the NFC title game. But... May I, I did not see three Niners losses coming in a row, so this is a bonus now coming into the Eagles' tough slate. Well, it's ever since you said that you, uh, you you're thinking about going to the game uh, again, that the, the, the world's turned in the 49ers' fight. <laughs> it really game, has, so. Yeah. so yeah, um, nice. Um, do you want to go again? So you did a good then. Do you want to go somewhere else? Yeah, let's go. Should we have a bit of negativity? Let's. Oh, come on. I've got. Let's get it out of the way for you because I think you need to do. We're not going to talk about the Eagles in depth this week because it was just a standard uh, kind of division win. But we've got to go the Chiefs, mate, in the bad. Because I mean, we said off here. You asked me if I remembered last uh, year's game against the Colts, and the first thing I said to you, this was much worse, and this was a lot worse, mate. Because if you'd have said. But Russell Wilson was 12 and 19 for 114 <laughs> yards. If I'd have just said that to you, you'd have been like, yeah, this is just a standard win. Yeah. But uh, I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest with you. The Chiefs just looked anemic on offense when it, the time where it became important to kind of put that together, you know, getting down to the red zone or just between the 20s and it just didn't look right. The run game was, I mean, I mean, the carries were just so low for yeah. Checo, to be honest. I just don't understand that sometimes. I mean, sometimes I see loads of Chiefs, 
Chief fan tweet saying, you know, relying too much on the run game, especially on that like first down or whatever. But there was kind of nothing there. And you take Chel- um, Travis Kelsey out of it. I mean, what did you have? I mean, Rice had a great kind of run, catch and run up the sideline. But apart from that, it was really bad. There was no separation. Well, th- this is the flip side to having, you know, I think yesterday, I think maybe 10, 10 11 players caught a ball. But yesterday, this is the flip side on the bad, the negative side of it because kind of none of them was ever open, apart from Kelsey, who can kind of get himself open a lot of the time. But it's no separation or, yeah, this is as bad as the Chiefs offense could look. And it came in a game where I didn't expect it to come either, which is, I don't know whether that's good or bad, to be honest, because <laughs> I can't make my mind up when I was thinking about it. Is it good? But I mean, the Broncos, mate, are a really bad team. Yeah, they had a bad I defense. The, so. I know the Colts were bad last season, but this is a this is a like really, really dysfunctional team this season to be kind of the scoreline that it was, and kind of just the ease, to be honest, that the, the Broncos put it away in the second half. So, yeah, all round, terrible loss. Still the one seed, but now no breathing room against the Dolphins. No, yeah, feels like a big game. It feels like one or two things is going to happen there. It's going to be the same again. Maybe not quite as bad. Like turnovers are a bit different story, but, you know, similar again, struggling wise, and they lose. Or it feels like Patrick Mahomes just goes into God mode. But my worry about that is sometimes I think. That just kind of papers over the cracks, you know what I mean? Like, he's so good, and there'll be games in the playoffs. If he does it four times in a row, they could win the Super Bowl. But you can't always expect one player to always go into God mode. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like for one game next Sunday, he could do it, and there'll be the talk of the weekend, because that's obviously probably one of the biggest games of the season. But um, I don't think it fixes the actual issue long term. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people share to blame. I almost think Mahomes is probably the only one that doesn't share blame, even though he did throw one pick. The other one was a kind of Hail Mary attempt. Uh, there was blatant pass interference, but we lose anyway, so it doesn't matter. But the Kelsey one wasn't to double coverage. But apart from that, I struggle to watch any of that game and to, like look at Mahomes and have any fault. Um, I think it's the run game, the receivers. Uh, I don't even want to blame the offensive line because if you watch it, and you probably did on Red Zone, there's so many highlights where Mahomes having the ball for ages before anyone comes near him. And I almost feel like the offensive line in general weren't to blame, but there was a highlight where Donovan Smith sacked Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you've seen that, but it was an absolute hilarious, awful play that just summed up the day. (laughs) That did sum up uh, up the day. But yeah, it's not good. I, I said the same, it wasn't last year, it was the year before on the podcast. And I kept mentioning I was the only one that was felt like I was saying it, but I was... Same uh, Andy Reid, not calling very, not calling plays well to me, in my opinion. And then the year after, obviously, they win the Super Bowl and do that with less weapons. And the, it was one of the most efficient offenses ever with hardly any good players. So obviously, him and Mahomes had a great year. But this year, I almost feel like he's doing it again. Like his play calling is terrible. And I always get annoyed with fourth downs, as you know. And uh, they kicked two field goals fourth down in the first half when they weren't really losing the game. They only had conceded seven points. But it's like at the end of the game, you know, when you're desperate for points and you're still not playing well, it's like, oh, right, we actually were down in the 15 twice in the first half, fourth and two, fourth and three. Sorry, fourth and two, fourth and one. And it just feels like 
those are the exact scenarios where if you be a bit more aggressive and you score early, you kind of negate some of the issues at the end of the game. But when your offense plays bad all day, it doesn't work that way. But I think Andy Reid just feels like, oh, eventually in the game they'll figure it out. But yesterday they just did not figure it out at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strange moving moving forward because obviously looking from the outside, you know, the Chiefs, obviously, they rattled off six wins in a row. There was six and one, but not looking overly great. You know, I wouldn't say that they'd put like many excellent performance together especially on offense obviously the defense is a different matter this year but especially on offense but yeah yeah a lot of doubts may be creeping in but i agree with you about sunday i i don't think the dolphins defense is very good though so we're, we're going to kind of find out what they're made of as well but yeah you don't want another offensive performance like this with not a lot of separation and uh because like you said, you can't expect your player, your, your elite player to play incredible in every single game. It doesn't happen in any sport, does it? So it's... No, interesting. We're obviously a day out from the trade deadline, which we haven't got, obviously, we have, we have not got a segment on it, but um, do you think they should trade for another weapon? Obviously, they did the McCall Hardman thing. But it's clear, it's clear to a lot of Chiefs fans, they're desperate. They're like, we, Chiefs just... Stuff kind of playing the, oh, we don't want to spend too much money. We're all about the long game. Like, eventually you need to make a move to go and win a Super Bowl now. And a lot of Chiefs fans are like, we have to trade for a wide receiver or at worst a weapon, like a a very good tight end. But I think it's more wide receiver than everyone thinks. As an outsider, are you on that case or are you kind of like, no, they should just kind of improve what they've got within? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm definitely on if you can improve your weaponry then you should do i think uh, i can't see the chiefs splurging a massive amount of picks so if they're kind of clever and can pick someone up that's available that's going to improve your uh, wide receiver call you know i'm i'm still all in on the eagles trading for somebody you know tomorrow even though we've obviously got kevin byard last week and things are looking a little better the that kind of thing going into the future i think you always look at kind of improve especially when you know, yesterday, the sep- lack of separation, it wasn't a surprise, was it? You know, it has been, this kind of game has been coming from the wide receivers. You can see that kind of just by looking at it on paper as well as watching the film. So it was, you can't always rely on Mahomes Kelsey, can you? Because yesterday it was just 6.58. So you you kind of need somebody else, I think, to, to kind of take that. Also, I've seen your mate, uh, Travis Kelsey, he was out getting drunk for the... Oh, don't get me started on this. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I oh, know, he was. 34 or something. Two days not, before a game, by the way. Not that on the head. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be happy with that if I was Andy Reid, but um yeah, not not great. Um yeah, I think the turnovers yesterday made it into like this disaster game. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got a chance to get back into it and then you muff the punt. McCall Harmon muffs the punt and they score again. Do you know what I mean? Those sort of things are a bit unique. And the, MVS's fumble was awful. Uh, obviously, Mahomes' pick to Kelsey was awful. But you're right. The separation stuff has been happening all year. Um, and here's like six players, right, the Chiefs could fit into their salary cap at the moment. DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, Darnell Mooney, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy. Any one of them is easily the Chiefs' best wide receiver. And any of them, as Travis Kelsey's kind of number two, would mean that probably outside of the Bengals, the Chiefs would have the best one-two weapons in the AFC. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, 
And it only takes a first round pick or in some of those cases, probably a third round pick because like some of them are old or they're leaving next summer and you just have to give them a contract as well. But it just feels like you're right. The Chiefs won't make a splurge. But any one of those names improve it. I'm kind of all in on Terry McLaurin, but I just don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. It might happen in the summer, um, but I don't think they're going to make a move now. And uh, we'll see. They'll probably trade for Juju or something. and just. <laughs> yeah, he got in the end zone yesterday. <laughs> Uh, yeah, God knows. But yeah, very annoying loss. I agree with you that it was worse than the Colts because it was in the division. Uh, AFC, which is one of those things, but yeah, it was in the division. Uh, and you put a lot of pressure on the Dolphins game now because after that is Eagles after the bye. Um, I feel like they kind of have to go in and win the Dolphins game. So we'll see. I'll be there with a Mahomes jersey on and a Taylor Swift wristband or something. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, why don't we stick on the... Uh, the negativity then um and we've praised this team loads so we won't go into much detail for it but i wanted to mention the texans as a bad for the week um because we kind of ran out and done our goods already so i I couldn't squeeze bryce young in there um so i did want to do the texans cj Stroud finishes six of 24 for 140 yards damian pierce i thought was really bad again um which I really think he's had a pretty bad season, to be honest, all year. Um, and the defense actually played pretty well, but I thought, yeah, the offense, the play calling wasn't great. Offensive line wasn't great in the second half at all. CJ Stroud by far had his worst game, even though he threw no picks. He still had a bad game, just was missing throws. Um, and I thought the run game was really, really bad. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the Panthers for winning. Obviously, Bryce Young's first win. It was cool to see the locker room be so buzzing for him. They obviously really love him as a player, and he's, he's a good leader for them, which is nice to see, kind of what everyone knew about him from, from Alabama. Um, but, yeah, I had to mention the Texans because they had a real chance to stay in the AFC, and they still could do it, but stay in the AFC playoff race. Um, but as the good teams underneath them now start winning, this was a game they couldn't really drop, and to score 13 points against the Panthers, I thought, was pretty bad from their perspective. May you had they had to have this game. You know, when you got the Bengals looking like they are now still outside the playoffs, you know, you have to over jump over them as well. And now sitting at three and four instead of four and three is a massive, massive disappointment. It was a, yeah, bad time for CJ Stroud to have his uh, worst game. But uh, I haven't checked this, but this must, this game must have had the lowest total yardage nearly of a game all season. But kind of quickly, add it up in my head, it was just going over 450 combined for both teams. So it was... Uh, but I think there might be another game that we're going to talk about later that rivals it, but yeah, it was up there. The <laughs> <laughs> game of the century, but um, <laughs> yeah, and, and when every time, it, you know, I can't lie and say I watched this game in full for a three-hour broadcast, but every time it went to red zone, it was the Panthers in the red zone, mate, and obviously they kicked a lot of field goals, but just felt like a domination and uh, just, yeah, not moving the ball at all. I know he kind of missed Stroud, was missing Robert Woods. He's been like a bit of a safety blanket at times. But, um, yeah, bad, really bad loss for him, which puts them really, really kind of out for the playoffs now. They're going to have to rattle off a few in a row. Yeah, they are. They, they are. Their schedule's good, but, um, yeah, definitely won't performances and, uh, yeah, I think the run game is needs to be looked at as soon as soon as they can. Um, I've actually got a lot of. I just realised I've got all four division teams in my answers for this week, so I'm obviously an AFC South fan. Oh no, one of them is yours actually. Um, but I wanted to do uh, go back to the NFC and go for a good and go for your uh, your bitter rivals, uh, and that is the Dallas Cowboys, um, who've had a very weird season, I'd say. 
there was a lot of stats going around that they barely had a normal fourth quarter because they're either getting blown out or they're blowing teams out. Uh, and they blow someone out again, and that is the Rams. They went 43-20, to 20, um, go 5-2. and two. Uh, Dak Prescott, four touchdowns, one interception, 300 yards. Kind of Pollard had a pretty good day. CeeDee Lamb had another crazy good day. Uh, and the defense, I thought, looked really good against an offense that uh, me and you have been praising in the Rams kind of all season long. And I know Stafford did go out of this game for a little bit, but still, I, uh, the defense was back to its old self. So, yeah, to win by 23 points against this team and score 43 even if the second, even if the team, the Rams don't have good names on paper, their defense have actually played pretty well this season. Um, and I just thought it was a very dominating win for the Cowboys. It does put them firmly kind of back in the picture for me in the NFC. Um, I don't know if, what the top tier is. Top tier might just be the Eagles on their own. But I do feel like the Cowboys are on the same tier as the 49ers now, which I know people don't agree with. But I just feel like they can have these games in them when they actually start well and don't coach themselves out of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, as far as the Eagles being in their own tier, let's have a look in a month because <laughs> obviously playing the Cowboys twice, the Niners, Chiefs, Bills coming up on a bye week, you know, it's we'll see then. Uh, but Cowboys are out there, mate. I think there's realistically four teams that can 100% say, in. and it may be five if you look at the Seahawks as well, if you, if you want to put them in that, but Definitely four teams that should be saying we should be making a Super Bowl from the NFC. And the Cowboys are absolutely one of them. They don't care about getting blown out by the Niners kind of the other week. We've, well, three weeks ago now was the Niners last win. After we've, what we've seen from San Francisco in the last three weeks, I thought Dak was um, awesome yesterday, to be honest. If you're really kind of spreading it around and C.D. Lamb was excellent as well. So, yeah, big game on Sunday night now coming up. This is... Really interesting. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen, to be honest. Eagles, Cowboys, so it's, uh, yeah, it's up there. But whatever happens, I will say this, it's the Eagles are going to be the one seed, whatever happens this week. So <laughs> that's going to be nice going into the bye. If it's a win, then that's looking amazing for the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, great form for the Cowboys. Game was over, weren't it? The midway through the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I won't take too much just from the Rams' perspective, but they've had a tough schedule and some tough losses, and it does feel like uh, they need a couple of wins ASAP if they do want to be a uh, they do want to play off, be a playoff team. But we shall see. Um, over to you. Where do you want to go? Good, bad, or surprising? You've got no. I'll go. Uh, we'll we'll stick with the good. And I've said this a couple of times this season, but this was a. An amazing win, I think. For I don't rate the Steelers, as you know. I don't care they're four and three, and neither of us like them. Yeah, they got a good defense, horrible on offense to watch. But the Jags yesterday, mate, went into Pittsburgh. Awful weather, like proper Pittsburgh AFC North weather. <laughs> that was like horrible to play in. And they came out of there with, I won't say a comfortable win because they'll be they were feeling it today, but great win moving the ball efficiently. They got the big play in the end to, to ETN, you know, got him over the top, a bit of miscommunication. And that was the, the, the one biggest play of the game. And then the Jags kind of just saw it out in the, in the, in the fourth quarter. I was really, really impressed. I mean, they sat at six and two now. We look stupid because we didn't pick them for the division. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lawrence looks looks awesome. And Calvin Ridley popped up a little bit yesterday. But I just thought that this was a – just reaffirms, you know, they've gone on the road twice 
the last two weeks, beat the Saints on Thursday night football and then beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I just think they're two excellent wins and yeah, yeah, things are locking up for the Jags. Yeah, now they get to go on their bye week as well. Um you kind of refresh after a long amount of travel with the two London games staying over, obviously then the Pittsburgh away game this week after going to Saints last week. Um so yeah, I do feel like the buyers come at the perfect time for them. And then they get the 49ers, which will be one of the biggest games of their of their season. But um is there an argument with their schedule? They're probably favourite for the one seed, or would you not go that far now? Um, are we flipping too much? Um are we flipping too much after picking them to lose the division that we're now kind of saying they might win the one seed? <laughs> Joe, I, I wouldn't put them at the favourite. Obviously, there's there's three teams, isn't there? So six and two. I wouldn't go the favourite. Just I'd still stick with the Chiefs, to be honest. Obviously, the Ravens, sorry, are six and two as well, aren't they? But um, I'd still stick with the Chiefs as the favourites um, and not go quite excited for recency bias or anything. <laughs> you know, the Jags, they've got the schedule, mate, to can kind of navigate the, the tough games and kind of split them down. You could see, I think, maybe a three to four loss, four losses still may get you the number one seed this year in the AFC. So the Jags are going to be in there. Yeah, it does feel that way. And they've got an AFC North streak in the middle where it goes Bengals at home, Browns on the road, Ravens at home. Feel like those three games will determine whether it's a one seed battle in the final week or yeah. whether it's just a comfortable couple of game division win, but they're like the fourth seed in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, but they've been amazing yeah, with some of their wins. Thought they looked really good. I know they've they've had some bad things like in the Saints game, some turnovers, but they still win these games, um, even when they're not playing well. Uh, and they have a couple of division games like the Colts game where they just go and win by 17 points. Texans, uh, sorry, um, Colts a game as well where they go and win by 10 points. So they're just beating these teams by double digits uh, at times as well. So um, yeah, I agree with you. I think they look really, really good, and the weapons are still still good. And I still think there's more they can get out of Calvin Ridley. Uh, and Evan Ingram at times together. We spoke all year. They don't seem to quite be able to get <laughs> all their passing weapons together in a game. But if they do, and they pull out together at the right time, they're going to give uh, give someone a bit of a bad loss. So, yeah, um, definitely definitely playing very well. Um, I want to stick in the division and go surprising, because uh, the team we did pick to win the division, which probably aren't going to win the division, um, but played pretty well, or better, I think, than most people thought yesterday, uh, is the Tennessee Titans and they win 28-23 and my surprising is Will Levis the big man coming in to start his first NFL game goes 19 for 29 238 yards four TDs very kind of Tannehill of 2020 where it was either an incompletion or an absolute bomb um, <laughs> it was and then lots of run game which I thought was fun um, but yeah he played better than I thought didn't have uh, kind of many stupid decisions a bit inaccurate but I think that's just who he is um, Hopkins ends up with four receptions, 128 yards, three TDs. Derek Henry, 22 carries for 101 yards. Um, and they've named Will Levis as a starter for Thursday night already. So, um, yeah, just great for him, great for his career. Feels like, unless he has a really bad, which he could do, a really bad multiple pick game, that they might just go with him for a while now and see if they can develop him for the rest of this season. So, yeah, he was surprising because I didn't think he'd look this dominant down the field. Uh, and they beat the Falcons, which is A, a bad loss for the Falcons, but B, a great win for the Titans. And probably is going to stop them trading loads of players at the deadline now. It almost feels like Vrabel's going to say, oh, let's give it a go with the kids, see if we can scrape a seven seed in the AFC, I think. 
Yeah, you put a few wins together like that in the uh, AFC, you, you, you may have a chance. But uh, yeah, I was so happy for Will Levis, to be honest with you, but you were totally right in what you said. It was an incompletion, a bad incompletion as well. Or yeah, we were going bombs away down the field. <laughs> Obviously, that is just a lot of fun to watch, isn't it? When you have nothing as a fan, nothing on the line watching that game, you know, you're not even got him in fantasy football or anything. So it's like, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I never saw four TDs and zero interceptions coming from Will Lavis's um, first NFL game. but uh, And hey, at least he got to wear a super cool jersey as well in his NFL debut. So De- DeAndre Hopkins looked amazing in that jersey going over the top in the end zone. So it was, yeah, it was great. Great to see that and Terrible loss for Atlanta, who were yeah, getting annoyed with that division. They're just not that fun to watch. Even though <laughs> the Falcons would be so much fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, that was Bijan Robinson's first rushing touchdown as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The Falcons are a strange team, aren't they? They still win the division as well, by the way. Um, yeah. They- even after that loss. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was a very ball revenge game. Showing Arthur Smith, who's boss, after he goes and... Uh, he goes and leaves him. But I honestly do think that will stop them trading multiple players at the deadline now. So it's funny how one win uh, has probably more of an impact than it should. But yeah, I, I, I'm the same as you. I'm quite happy for uh, for Will Levis. Um, back to you. Where do you want to go next? I'm going to have to go for a bad. And I did mention it kind of in the uh, in the opening. But my bad is the injury to um, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Now, obviously, the Vikings... Awful, awful start. You know, it was all talking about the one, one possession games that they kind of won last year, and then it was kind of the opposite this year. But ah, oh, just mate, getting back to four and four, beating the Packers in Lambeau Field. You know, seventh seed in the NFC. Mate, you you, you wouldn't want to be playing um, the Vikings to be honest as a seventh seed. That was a pretty dangerous team on the offense, and just for that to happen to just what seemed like a really, really nice bloke as well. When we kind of see him on the quarterback program, and that's probably his last snap in Minnesota as well. So it's a yeah, who knows what the future holds now for Kirk Cousins? So it's a real shame for that. It's nice to see actually how many kind of media people came out after it with the kind of the art pouring for him because obviously he hasn't died or anything, has he? But it's a terrible <laughs> injury, and it's. Uh, Ending probably his Minnesota career, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, great guy and uh, shame for the Vikings. But now, Jaron Hall, mate from BYU, <laughs> is the 25-year-old rookie is going to take over. So I saw a lot of Vikings fans on my timeline talking about whether they should trade for someone, and my answer to that would be absolutely not, no. So um, I wouldn't trade for a QB. I don't think they'll pick one up off the street either. Maybe they will for a backup, but. I'm wrong with the rookie. Let's see what you got. Would have been quite cool if they would have done the Trey Lance trade that everyone thought they might do. Because he'd yeah, like behind yeah. Kirk. But you're just not going to get him out of uh, prize him out of Jerry's hands now in Dallas. Um, but yeah, I can confirm on the podcast that Kirk Cousins has not died. So Patrick's breaking news there. <laughs> <laughs> He's just done his Achilles injury. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool to see him when he realised he had the Achilles injury. He gets on the car and then like he starts cheering on the team. It's like, Let's go O oh, for the offense over and over again and clapping on the car. And it's just like, yeah, he is a top bloke. Um, but you're right, his, his career is probably over in Minnesota. Um, and this doesn't really matter, but his actual like n- stigma of like, oh, he always gets the best contracts is also probably over because he's not going to get a good deal now next summer, which sucks. And I'm not going to feel bad 
long term for him because he is one of the most high paid quarterbacks ever. He's great with his money, so it's not going to impact his family too much. But it does suck when a player who's going to probably get his final massive contract is is probably going to have to get a prove it deal now next year. Um, but we'll see. Maybe someone surprises us and pays him. But yeah. Uh, it does make the seventh seed a lot more boring now in the NFC. We do need Sean McVay and Matty Stafford to... Yeah, we do. Yeah, 100% the Rams to put some wins together. Yeah, otherwise the four and seven seed is going to be a nightmare. So you're going to have a not a very good wildcard weekend where the two will hammer the seven and the three... Wait, yeah, who would play the uh, the four... Where the five would hammer well, the, the five will be the Eagles or the Cowboys, I would presume. So they're gonna whack whoever wins the NFC South, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I mean. So we don't need two games like that. At least the Rams can have a great offensive day and shock someone. So yeah, let's let's sort that out. But you're right, it's weird for, for the Vikings. Be interesting to see where they go now. Do they sell more at the deadline? Obviously, Hunter's a name that keeps getting mentioned. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do because they're in a very weird position. It actually probably gets weirder with this injury now on what they do next because they've got more wins. So the draft pick's not going to be great and they've got a QB injury. So and we'll we don't see. have a lot of time to decide. I think we've only got about 20, just over 24 hours, haven't we? So it's... Yeah, 6 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow. So yeah. yeah, my math says that's 30 hours. So we'll see what they do from recording. Um, I'll go bad next because I want you to end on the... Uh, Bad of like the century that happened that you want to talk about. Um, my bad was just the Colts. I just thought that yesterday, um, that's probably one of the only games where I felt like the coaching staff have kind of had a bit of a nightmare there. And uh, the season, especially on the defensive side, and the season's probably over from them for any kind of crazy ending that people thought they might get. And I also think that they're probably just with three wins already going to leave themselves in a bit of purgatory for 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 getting a wide receiver in the draft or a a left tackle, if that's what they want, they're going to be in kind of edge rusher, defensive tackle sort of scenario in the in the end of the, or maybe the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 sort of reign. But they lost 38-27 to the Saints, a team that we've called the most boring team in the NFL. The offense has looked awful, and then you give up 38 points to them. So, yeah, I wanted to mention them in the bad just because there wasn't another really bad performance that stuck out. A lot of the games like in the speed round are kind of how you thought they would go. Um, so I did want to mention the Colts because, yeah, to concede that many points against the Saints is a pretty bad day. Yeah, to make the Saints look like a big 12 air raid offence is some going, <laughs> to be honest. Rashid Shahid, I mean, my God, he looked unstoppable yesterday at time. Even Taysom Hill threw him like a 44-yard bomb. So, um, yeah, yeah. What I would say on the Saints, it's nice to see Alvin Kamara back. He's... Um, feel like he's actually one of the more underrated players from maybe from for the past six or seven years. He's a... His numbers match up perfect with with uh, Christian McCaffrey's, but um, yeah, yeah, great player. But yeah, interesting for Colts season now. Feels like it's over, doesn't it? Especially obviously with uh, Richardson being gone. I, I thought it was okay at times on offense yesterday. Minshew's numbers were okay, and Jonathan Taylor looked good. I mean, he was up at eight yards a, a carry yesterday, but uh, overall, yeah, defense not great. And yeah, it's a shame really. I thought we might get a uh, they were kind of three weeks ago, one of those kind of teams that were pushing everyone, weren't they? But uh, yeah, lost what's that? Lost three and a bounce now. So yeah, probably season over for them. Although they do have, they're going to be a proper cast on, cast over on red zone. They've got the Panthers, Patriots, and Buccaneers in the next three weeks. Their, their next three games, sorry. So that is uh, feel like uh, there's not going to be a lot of eyes on them apart from the Germany game, is it? That's New England. Uh, well, they could be uh, 
six and five then at that point. So maybe I'm wrong with uh, ending their seasons. But um, yeah, not great to lose this to the Saints. It feels like yesterday definitely stabilised who was the really bad teams, but also who are those teams now that we're not going to worry about as much. And it felt like the Colts were just one of those. But shout out to the Saints uh, for winning those games. Um, I do have this nagging feeling they are going to sneak the division. <laughs> I picked the Falcons, but um, they got Bears at home next. Then the Vikings on the road with probably a late round rookie QB. Then they have a bye week and then they go to the Falcons. It does just feel like they could easily win those three games and kind of just then peter out into the playoffs and see what happens and play someone at home in the playoffs, which would be nuts. But the last game of the year is Saints-Falcons. And uh, I kind of do want that to be a meaningful game. And I want there to be another meaningful game that will be Sunday night. And then it means the Saints-Falcons can be be the Saturday night game that everyone just laughs at. And uh, yeah, that would be quite a funny Saturday night game, Saints and Falcons. But yeah, it was a good win. Um, And Kamara's found his favourite quarterback ever with Derek Carr, getting those those check downs. Let's end with your surprising before the speed round then. Uh, I'm sure anyone listening can guess what game we're referring to here. But May I honestly yeah. think that this should be in its own elite category because it was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, like worse than you could ever expect an NFL game to be. One of these teams has a winning record and it was so bad. The Jets and the Giants, mate. The Giants had minus nine passing yards. <laughs> How is that possible? He had 203 rushing yards, which is just hilarious. What a great Saquon was. Look, 36 carries for Saquon at 3.6 yards per average. Just incredible. Obviously, Tyrod goes down. You don't want to see anyone injured, but in comes Tommy DeVito. And I was thinking to myself, I'm glad I'm not with a room full of like NFL fans and they're going to say to me, oh, where did he go to college? You like college football. May I could not remember he was at Syracuse for like four years and then Illinois. I was like, who's this guy coming on? He's like a good <laughs> character, Tommy DeVito. So I was just like, mate, what a crazy game. I love the fact that um, Scott Hansen on Red Zone also mentioned we were going for the punt record as well. It was kind of scaring the punt record, wasn't it? Which is, I think it was said it was 26 or 27, but we only got up to 24. Which... They're more points, punts and first downs, didn't they, for the game though? Yeah, yeah, more more, uh, more punts and first downs. But the, I think the fact that made it even more crazy is Zach Wilson made two big-time throws right, with, like, 15 seconds left. And then we got more football. What, what a great <laughs> overtime game. It was just amazing to watch. There was four third downs converted all day out of 29 attempts. <laughs> no fourth downs implemented. It was, like, a 100 and... 32 plays ran for that is a lot that is a lot you kind of go through the rest of the game that is a lot of plays mate that were running that coaches like I'm to repeat a player for the third time but Jesus Christ we haven't got enough plays in the playbook boys for this I know yeah it's like just run it up the gut again with Saquon just running out of my sheets here but just you know what I find interesting about games like this is they always keep panning to the coaches and then seeing their reactions to everything is really interesting. Brian Dayball did not look good. He looked very, <laughs> he looked very stressed. And he was covered in rain as well, looking annoyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just terrible. Just, yeah. yeah, apparently Daniel Jones is back this week. Jesus, back thank in. God. It's good, yeah. So we're not going to see Tommy DeVito again. But um, Yeah, what yeah. I find funny, you can look at the quarterbacks and you know the receiving yards are low. 
because they got seven yards. But my brain was found it more funny when it saw like passing receiving game leader, and it said Matt Breeder for one reception for four yards, and that was the leader. I just broke out into tears this morning laughing at that because I've it was hilarious. The only thing that made this game funnier is if the Giants won it with playing this bad, and they nearly did. Uh, and those two field goals kind of killed them. And one more highlight for me because I do feel like some of the games are a bit dead this week, and this is just a fun game to chat about. In the overtime, the Giants got the ball, and you commentators are saying, like, like they should have deferred <laughs> because there's just more chance they were going to win with a random field goal than they were going to score a touchdown on the first drive. And it comes to the first play. They say DeVito's not thrown the ball all game yet. Let's throw the ball. Like, this is a perfect opportunity. Don't run it again. And he rolls out to the right, completes a pass four or five yards, and everyone's buzzing in the stadium. And they go, holding, offensive <laughs> line. I was just like, I can't believe they got to this stage. So, they yeah. would have still been there now, mate. They'd have been on like 204 and 20. They were never getting those 20 yards back, were they? <laughs> no, it was impossible. Uh, yeah, what was it? Saquon 36 for 128 yards. So they, yeah. They were, he, uh, three, three and a half yards carry is not great, but I don't know what else you can expect. When you run it every time, the team knows you run it every time. But yeah, to, to make him run 36 carries with his injury record after saying you're not going to trade him and he has to just wallow in this disastrous season, uh, I thought was quite funny. But you're right, Jets four and three. And I hate to always talk about him because we spoke about him too much since we've done this pod. I'm looking forward to retirement, which I probably shouldn't say that, but um Aaron Rodgers dropping back, two-step drop, throwing a pass now. Um, the biggest question is, is Dolphin Porn the biggest uh, healer of all time now? Because that's what Aaron Rodgers listens to, apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the Jets are going to keep trading wins and losses and hovering around the playoffs, maybe we're going to need him to come back because we absolutely do not want the Jets kind of fluking into the playoffs and they're watching a horrible performance, especially when you're going to get two NFC South teams in the NFC. We, we need, <laughs> you know, if you're going to get the Steelers in the playoffs and then with their offence, and my God, we need Aaron Rodgers just to get out there, mate, if, uh, if the Jets make the playoffs. Can't yeah. watch that, Wilson. No, I agree. I didn't want him back, to be honest, but... We'll see. And I also don't want to play him in the playoffs because that feels like a story just written, doesn't it? But anyway, I don't want to worry about that. My team can't complete a 20-yard pass, let alone beat Aaron Rodgers. So um, I have just got a moment that I think would be perfect way for Aaron Rodgers to finally rid himself of all the COVID. He's still going on about Travis Kelsey, but to rid him of all the disasters. And that is 29th or 28th, I guess, of December in America. I don't know what day of the week that is. Let's have a look. Uh, is that Sunday night football? Mm-mm. Thursday night football, even better. Jets at Browns. Wow. Browns have got enough wins now where they could be in the playoff hunt around, still at that time. We'll see what it looks like, but they've got a hard schedule. But that could be the day for Rodgers to finally rid himself of all the hatred. He needs to knock Deshaun Watson out, coming out off the Achilles, <laughs> climbing out the wheelchair like Kevin Nash in the WWE. Um, (laughs) and just beat Deshaun Watson for like 250 yards 20 for 20 flicking the ball all over the gaff Uh, Zach Wilson clapping him on from the sideline that's his only way he can rid himself of all his demons is beating Deshaun Watson so yeah we'll see but yeah this game was uh, hilarious and I just I don't really know where the Giants go from here to be honest but 
all I'll say is it was one of the funniest games ever to watch. And if the Giants would have won, it would have made it the funniest game <laughs> in the history to watch. But the Jets managed to to win. Um, speed round then. Like I said, there's no buys this week because of all the Germany games um, and the travel and the teams that didn't want to buy this week. So uh, we'll go speed round. I'll read the score of the game. And uh, Patrick, you just give me a one-liner. And that's all we'll have on all these games. So first of all, Chargers beat the Bears 30-13. to 13. What do you think? Uh, stop making me watch the Bears in prime time. I think is I, I, I don't know how to keep getting prime time games, mate. But uh, <laughs> mate, Badgent was out there throwing. He, he threw a bit of a nice pass, didn't he, on the first first play of the game, and then it all went down the hill from there. I did like them showing his dad a million times with his arm wrestling title. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ravens win close game, thirty-one twenty-four to the Cardinals. What do you think about this one? Um. Yeah. Felt like a bit of a trap game, to be honest, uh, for the Ravens. One that they had to have, and they did have. But uh, Cardinals scored an incredibly weird scrum touchdown. Did you see that? That was just like the worst touchdown this season. Should have been blown ahead about. Have you have you not seen it? No. No. Go well. Go and watch it after this, and it's it's a joke to be honest. It takes about fifteen seconds for them to scrum into the end zone. So it was. Uh, <laughs> let's let's not go that way in the in the future, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, nice. Just um, win and move on for the Ravens. Yeah, weird game for Lamar. Did not play well. Hopefully he bounces back. Um, Dolphins 31, Pats 17. Jalen Ramsey adding to the defence, I'd probably say, would be my biggest takeaway, kind of adding in that kind of elite name to the secondary is going to be important for them. And obviously, the Bill Belichick going absolutely eight shit on the uh, sideline <laughs> as well was very entertaining. That was. I think Dolphins could make a, a late trade tomorrow um, to add another star. We'll see. Uh, your Eagles 38, Commanders 31. Hell of a score. Oh, mate, I hate playing Washington because the game is always like this. But uh, amazing fourth quarter from the Eagles uh, kind of pulled it out. And AJ Brown is... Six games in a row now, over 125 yards. So he's a complete beast. We made a joke, by the way, that he's going to get 125 yards a game after he did it twice or three times, sorry. And he's literally getting 125 yards every yes. single game. Uh, and he scored two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, that's one of the best trades ever, you know. Uh, it is. It really is, yeah. And uh, Hertz was 15 of 15, by the way, when he was targeting uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. So all round, very nice offensive. Uh, Passing game yesterday. Eagles are back. Chiefs are dead. What a week for the podcast. Um, and then last game that we would normally talk about on the preview show, but we didn't have one last week. Bills 24, Bucks 18. What's your line? Interesting to see where you go with this one. I really don't. Uh, I think the first first off is it's a shame about the Bucks. They had a great start, but I feel like the season's going to peter away. But I don't understand what the Bills are, to be honest. Weird team. Uh, Really, really weird. And obviously, Bills Bengals this Sunday might tell us a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I don't really understand Buffalo at the minute. But they're sitting at five and three, an okay record. But uh, yeah, we'll see. They've got some tough games coming up, Buffalo. Yeah, they have got some tough games. It'd be so annoying if the Chiefs and Bills have the same record after how bad the Bills have been at times. I'll be livid. But that's a separate note. Um, and then final two things. Um, trade deadline is 10 p.m. tomorrow. We we not we did this before. We're not going to do any kind of players or who's going where. But any kind of teams jump out of you as like who you think might be a buyer and who you might be a seller. Anyone like really obvious? Because like I said, I think the Titans 
are now in a bit of a weird position. Um, the Giants apparently are trying to stand pat. Um, yeah, and there's some good teams that have had a bad couple of weeks now. So do you think there's any obvious buyers and sellers that jump out to you? Someone that is a seller, who I think should be a seller, is Washington. But yeah. I don't, I don't know whether how much control uh, Ron Rivera has got. He's going to look at that seventh seed in the NFC and think we're better than all these teams above us, and we're still in with a shout, but sitting at three and five. So I think Washington should definitely, definitely be a seller, but I'm not sure that they will be. And as far as buyers goes, I'm actually expecting San Francisco to make a move uh, on the defensive line. I've seen quite a few things, uh, a few posts about it from uh, from like fans and whatnot. I'm expecting they might uh, make a move, but uh, I would like a couple of trades, to be honest. Same, yeah. I think the Ravens and Bills might make a move each, actually. Yeah. I, I, I think I think Ravens are in a perfect position to do it. They're not spending loads of money this year compared to some of the teams. Um, and Bills always seem like they're in win-now mode because <laughs> they keep getting all these players and they don't quite go over the hump. So it feels like this could be the perfect opportunity for them. Uh, I think the Patriots might be a seller as well. Um, Josh Uche, Carl Duggar, those sort of players, you know, keep getting spoken about. It's a shame for Kendrick Bourne. He did his ACL and it felt yeah, like... Yeah, I saw that, yeah. felt like that could be a bit of a elite team that goes and... yeah we'll see and just to annoy you I'll say the Dallas Cowboys make a move they make a move I don't know what who they're making a move for some corner that's pretty good that we all don't think much of but they're gonna they're gonna make a move I could I could see I could see the Cowboys getting a corner to be honest I think they they were looking at the rest of the NFC and thinking this is our year I don't think the Eagles are quite as good as seven and one record would suggest Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a corner from like Tampa Bay or somewhere, you know. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Who are, who don't need all these good defensive players. Um, and then last point is, we will do a preview show, obviously, at the end of the week. But we are in for a hell of a hell of a weekend next year, next weekend. Though, if you've seen some of the games, yeah. I will say the games that I don't list are absolutely terrible. So <laughs> there are great games, and then every other game is awful. But you got Chiefs versus Dolphins in Germany. Uh, in the early slate, obviously very, very early. Um, Seattle versus Baltimore in that 6pm window. Dallas-Philly in that 9.25 window. And then you end with Sunday Night Football, which is Buffalo at Cincinnati. So that is by far the best weekend. That might be the best weekend of the whole season because you do get that extra game in there at a different time slot. And we're pretty lucky that in Europe, that's a really good time for us. Whereas in America, I think that game is 6.30am if you live in the West Coast. So not great, but... For us in the UK, that is a hell of a slate of games, mate. So, yeah, we'll look forward to breaking them down because I think there'll be some high scores and some kind of big playoff implications in seven or eight weeks just because of week 10. Yeah, I'm excited to see the spreads on those. I think that'll be a um, big swing this weekend, maybe, between me and you. But uh, oh. some games as well on there. Do you know what? The, you know, I always look at the schedule there and I've got, like, Packers-Rams... Patriots commanders, I know for a fact I'm going to get the spread wrong on those games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it should be good. Uh, I'll happily trade some of my wins in this game, uh, in the in the Pitts game of you, just to get some uh, Chiefs wide receiver yards, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the plan will be probably actually to record on, on Friday. Um, so let me quickly live look up the Thursday night and we'll pick it uh, and do no analysis. Obviously, we've got Lions Raiders tonight, but we both picked the Lions. Um, Titans Steelers. 
the spread is Steelers minus 2.5. Uh, and Vrabel has confirmed that Will Levis will start if Tannehill can't go. But if Tannehill can go, he'll start. Um, what's your thought? Who are you picking? Steelers or Titans? I think this could be really, really ugly. Put me on the spot here. Give me Pittsburgh. Oh, go on then for the picks. To keep it interesting. I'll go the opposite and go Titans plus. Oh, and I'd, I'd actually, I actually want you to be right. I don't know why I've said that. I should have got Tennessee because I actually want them to win. But um, yeah, we'll see. See Will Lavis second start. By the way, that is actually quite a good Thursday night game as well. Like, it is, yeah, it is. If you yeah. think about what Thursday night means, it's normally quite sloppy. That's going to be very defensive and. Uh, some funny coaching moments between those two head coaches. Might even see a fight before the game. Feels like those two teams could fight before the game. So we'll see. But we'll be back Friday. We'll break down that game. And then obviously we'll preview a very exciting week of NFL action. Uh, if there's any major, major trades, we could drop in and do an emergency episode. We'll see how tomorrow goes. Um, but yeah, if not, enjoy trade deadline. Enjoy the week. And we will speak to you soon. 